This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Everyone, welcome back to the Better Wealth Podcast. In today's episode, uh, we are actually going to go back uh, to a recording that I did on February 8th. And with all the chaos going on uh, with the coronavirus and the market crashing, and I, I think it's very, very relevant to share the recording that I did after the Infinite Banking Think Tank 2020. And here's why. The real reason is I actually predicted uh, this indirectly that this was going to happen. I, didn't, I said on the recording I didn't know when, but here's why we're going to go into a recession. And essentially, I, I shared uh, with one of the teachings of Bob Murphy. Um, he talked about interest rate yields and he talked about how the Fed was pumping in a ton of money and how like the th- uh, the three-month yield was higher than the 10-year uh, and th- there's like some big, big problems to that and and how he just said, listen, all the indicators are, are on that something's going to happen and so I'm telling you that I don't know when, but something's going to happen. And and I also, what I do is when I go to conferences, I just take my notes and I, I'm getting in a, a better habit of recording. And so I, I talk a lot, a, a lot of things that I talk about in this recording is going to be very, very relevant to today. So make sure when you listen to this, just really reflect on what you're doing with your money, how your mindset's doing with your money. I mean, there's there's a lot about thinking long-term. And then at the very, very end, I talk about people wanting a quick fix and Whatever you're doing in in your wealth strategy and your life strategy, just just realize that nothing good comes quick, consistently, and and just just remember that. And so, uh, without further ado, go check out my recording. Uh, I think you're going to find it funny because I I uh, recorded it a, a, a while ago, uh, but it's a lot of what I'm saying is super super relevant uh, in the chaos that we're living today. All right, everybody. In this episode, we are going to break down what I learned being at the 2020 Infinite Banking Think Tank in Birmingham, Alabama. So I just arrived late last night uh, from Birmingham, and it was such a pleasure, you guys, being down there. And and for those of you that have know know my story, you know that I've been influenced greatly by the Infinite Banking Think Tank and R. Nelson Nash, the 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 person that came up with this concept that wrote the book Becoming Your Own Banker, which everyone needs to go get if you have not read it. And um, he, Nelson passed away this last year, and which is which rocked a lot of people's world. I mean, he was he was getting to that age. It wasn't it didn't shock anybody, but it was still super sad. And it was it was for me, you know, someone that has poured into my life directly. I mean, he Nelson's on this podcast, by the way, and and to to see someone pass away was is really really tough. And so I want to make sure that I could get out to the think tank and just number one show my support, but number two reconnect with uh, a lot of my um, close friends who practice this all around the country. Now, infinite banking, just big picture of infinite banking, it's it's how you can become your own banker by using dividend paying whole life insurance. And it's really the way that you think, you shift money into a life insurance policy, you become your own banker, you finance the things in your life, whether it's um, whether it's cars, whether it's businesses, whether it's real estate. And it's all about thinking long-term generationally but also taking back control of your life. So um, my book, The And Asset, was influenced greatly by this concept. And just what we do in general at Better Wealth was influenced greatly by this. And um, the cool thing was I went down two days early um, and really spent some time with my good friend Russ Morgan and his company, Wealth Without Wall Street, and got to sit in on a mastermind that I'm a part of. And we just got to really sharpen the saw as it relates to how business works, what's working, what's not, 
um, we're doing, I, I shared with them what we're doing for our uh, Better Wealth event, uh, which will be coming out soon. So stay tuned for those details. And we're going to be doing some things as it relates to community. Because again, I'm constantly trying to figure out better ways to serve you guys, better ways to get the message out. But I, I'm a really firm believer that community is everything. And so it was really great to um, be with them. And then the think tank was two days. And um, there's about 170 people there. And there was a lot of new people that were um, just started in the Institute. And then there was a lot of um, people that have been there multiple years. This was my third year going. And so it was really, really great to be there. But what I want to do is I want to break down the five key takeaways that I got at this event. And and again, if you've not read Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash, I would highly recommend you go go get that book. And uh, just, just a warning, it, the book <laughs> will be a little frustrating. I read it way too literally the first time. And I read and I, I looked at the the graphs and I, I looked at the numbers and I tried to like ask the question, how exactly does this work? And I'll say, if you read it like that, it's going to be frustrating for you. But if you read it, understanding the concept and really taking a step back and saying like, what is Nelson trying to say in this? You will have some of the the biggest epiphanies in your life as it relates to your wealth, as it relates to how you think about your money. And I remember the first time I read this, I hated this book and I actually reread it. I, I think I said this on my interview with Nelson when I interviewed him and I just didn't like it. I just didn't, it didn't make sense, but I knew that there was something special here and that's what got me into this whole um, industry. And that's where I reached out to people and eventually met Nelson and came to the think tank and read the book and read many other books. And um, I'm standing to you right now because of this this man and his his diligence and his work uh, and his commitment to this business and so again I, I feel a lot of loyalty uh, to this and but but there's five things that I want to share with you uh, as it relates to content and then one other thing to think about and so one of uh, David Stern's was is um, Nelson's brother-in-law or not son-in-law and he's taking over the institute and he's doing a f- uh, phenomenal job. And he gave a presentation and he's not, he doesn't speak at a lot of these. I think this was one of his first talks that he gave. And he, he gave five simple rules for IBC. And a lot of times people get very into how should the products be designed. They'll get really into like the, the one little um, specific rule. But, but in all reality, becoming your own banker is more about how you think. And so point number one that David made, and this this will translate to your business, this will translate to your, your family, this will translate to how you should think about wealth, is think long range. See, Nelson uh, Nash was a, a forester, and he, he, was, he used examples and said, hey, like when you're planting trees, you can't just think about yourself, you can't just think about this next year, you gotta think about generations. And one of the key things that I've, I feel like Wall Street has robbed us of is this long-term thinking. And most of the time, we as Americans, we as Canadians, are not willing to think long-term. And, and so we, we compromise or, or we put ourselves in trouble. And, and a lot of times, we just have to think with the end in mind. Those of you uh, know, know me know that I love Stephen Covey. And one of his um, seven habits is of highly effective people is... Um, Think about you passing away and the legacy that you're going to leave. But think about that in, as far as generational wealth. And one of the things that I love about what we teach is we're, we're literally helping people take a dollar and, and putting a generational value on that dollar immediately. 
And it's really, really powerful. So that that was one, uh, think long range. The second thing is don't be afraid to capitalize. One of the, the biggest uh, turning points is is when we're dealing with this strategy and we're we're putting money into a life insurance policy and we're we're quote unquote becoming your own banker. A lot of times, um, people will test the water and and you know quite frankly, we at Better Wealth don't try to stretch people. We really try to be conservative, and so um, it, it's totally fine. Um, but a lot of people's problem is they're not saving enough money in their system. See, if your greatest financial need is using money throughout your life and you can have a system and a strategy to help you best use money throughout your life, how much money would you want to put in? How much money would you want to put into a system that's going to grow the rest of your life but still have you will still have access to that capital to use throughout your life? The reason why most people are not thriving is they're just afraid or don't have the discipline to save a lot of money. And, and the cool thing about the and asset and the strategy that we teach is you are able to save 10, 20, or even 30% more of your money by creating this mindset and system because, again, we're teaching you multiple uses of your money. It's Again, it's changing the thought process from we're not investing, but we are literally becoming your own banker. And if you're an owner of the bank, how much money do you want to put in your system? That's that's the mindset. And again, it's it's a really good mindset. And, and if all we did was help someone just save more money and show them how to better use that money throughout their life, it was a good reminder for me. It's like, man, we're doing so much good uh, if we can get people to have this mindset. Don't steal the peas. Uh, this is uh, this is the third uh, example uh, that I, I want to share with you. And in, in Nelson's book, he talks about stealing the peas. And if you run a grocery store and you're stocking your shelves and then you take those, those um, produce or those peas, and it, it's an example of you robbing from yourself and, and how you can pretty much lose a ton of money by stealing from yourself. And this is an example of when you take loans from your policy, you, you want to pay that money back because remember, you, if you take loans, there's a cost for that and we devalue ourselves, and we're really devaluing our dollar if we're not going to repay that back. And so it's just an example of, yes, become your own banker, but be an honest banker. And if you take loans, make sure that that activity that you're taking loans, whether it's through your own money or whether it's through the investment activity or regardless of what that is, make sure that you're repaying that back because that's going to show up someday in, in the future and someday generationally. And so it was a good example. Again, a lot of times I can get super analytical and there can there may be strategies on where it's not beneficial to pay back the loan. But the, the point is you want to have the mindset of when you use your money, you want to make sure that you're paying yourself back and being an honest banker as it relates to that. Um, the fourth point is is something that I don't necessarily I don't I don't necessarily agree with, but I want to I want to share it because I want to give you the concept of why they're so passionate about banks or against banks. The fourth point is don't do business with banks. Now, this is something I don't agree with from an efficiency point of view because I think using other people's money is brilliant. And I think you can even do it in such a way where you can minimize your losses. And um, the, the point of becoming your own banker is really to become your own banker in your life where you don't need to use banks at all. And the deeper root issue, and, and I'm just going to pull this out here for you all to think about. By the way, I'm, I spend a week in in the South and I pick up the y'all. <laughs> it's definitely a, a, something that rubs off on me. Uh, but the point that the Nelson Nash Institute and, and Infinite Banking, they're big into Austrian economics. And there's a lot of truth to this. What I'm about to say is every time we use a commercial bank, we're, we're really part of the problem of 
use like inflation and we're increasing the money supply and it's it's really problematic every time you you use a bank loan you're increasing the inflation and banks and the federal reserve are just printing money and and so their point that they're making is the infinite banking concept when you become your own banker you don't you don't uh, you're not part of the problem and we want to rid ourselves of banks and you want to become your own banker in your life and and I I agree with that as it relates to I do think banking there's a lot of issues with that said what I've found is most people attracted to a financial strategy because they want to stick it to the fed or they want to stick it to the government and I'm just going to throw that out. I want to give you both sides because for me, and, and I've taken a lot of criticism even in my book, is I'm even showing people, I'm asking the question, should you pay off your house faster or, or should you keep a bank loan and still do the strategy? And I would make the argument that it's more efficient to do this strategy, becoming your own banker, but still maintain a mortgage if set up and used properly. And there's people that adamantly disagree and, and say that 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 function is is evil. And so I would love to hear your thoughts because I, I know that there's there's people listening to this that are on both sides of the aisle. And, and again, at the end of the day, I, I have a ton of respect for people that have a strong belief in something. Um, and at the end of the day, if you can, if you do this over generations and really do the saving up money, it is possible to be bank free. Now, whether you want to do that or not, it is possible. And, and the cool thing is David shared his family and their family tree and all the things that they did throughout their life. I'm going to have someone on this show sometime in the future who's going to break down his family tree and his how they're using the infinite banking concept in their own life. And it's truly remarkable when you see the the multi-generational uh, impact that this has. Uh, it's Again, it, it literally gives me goosebumps. And the fifth step is rethink your thinking. This might seem really basic. I probably should have started with this. But there's so much noise in the world. There's so many things going on. There's so many YouTube videos. There's so many financial pundits out there. There's so many people that have their um, spin on how to become wealthy and use money. And, and the biggest problem when it comes to our wealth is how we think. And Nelson was a big uh, proponent of you have to rethink your thinking. And, and especially for, for those of you listening to this uh, that have grown up, on a certain held belief, sometimes it's really, really hard to sacrifice that or, or re- rethink the way that you've thought something was true your entire life. A perfect example of this is why in the world would you put as much money into life insurance as possible? To the normal person, that doesn't make any sense. To me, when I first found out about the strategy, I'm like, that makes no sense because I believe that life insurance was the worst place to put your money. And yet... I was willing to rethink my thinking and I went down a, a really powerful journey and I realized that, no, it's, it's 100% true and, and that this isn't an investment. This is just a great place to store capital. And, and it, again, it's, it's just these are five points that um, I wanted to lay out on, on you because I think it's, it was really, really beneficial and um, it was just really, really great. Now, there was another presentation uh, that was put on by Bob Murphy, and and he just gave a big takeaways on, he looked at the Federal Reserve, he looked at where the market was, he looked at where interest rates were, and he, and he essentially said, I mean, in, in his words, he said, I am making a prediction that in this year or next year, we will have a, a, 
a significant um, recession. And what he did was he looked at the 10-year um, compared to the three-month um, interest rate yield spread. And we look back, and, and it's funny because um, over before 2008 and then before 2001 and then before 1990, these same patterns happened. And it's essentially interest rates are super, super, super low. And the Federal Reserve really manipulates them. And, and we've never been in a season of interest rates being historically this low for for this long. Like that's never happened and his point is, listen, if you go back all the way to World War One, you look at patterns, every time this has happened, it's it's been, um, the comeback has been a, a, a big recession. Now, he, he's saying, just so you know, asterisk, that this is not everything, like, this could, I could be wrong, but he just looks at the the money supply, he looked at the, the Federal Reserve, he looked at interest rates, and it's crazy the um, what's what's going on, and, and I'm not going to pretend to be... Uh, an expert when it comes to interest rates and and yields and um, all that fun stuff. Uh, but it was really eye-opening to me because a common thing that people will say is, Caleb, the markets are doing so amazing and um, the my 401k is at all-time high and all this stuff. And and there's a couple things. Number one is what's your exit strategy? Like what does what does that even mean if you're 401k did 20%? Like how is that going to translate powerfully in in quote unquote retirement? But the second thing is why? why is it going up? Could it possibly not be because those companies are doing well? Could it be because the Fed is pumping a ton of money into the system and that's artificially popping it up? I don't know. What's going to happen if interest rates rise or or when they rise? What's going to happen um, in the election? Like there's a lot of things that, that could that could manipulate these, these markets, but just from a take politics out of it. If you just look at the Federal Reserve and you look at interest rates and you look at patterns from an economist point of view, from an Austrian economist point of view, he uh, he sees the writing on the wall. And so he just shared it with us. And, and again, um, it was just really eye-opening and and I, I wanted to break that and share that, share that with you guys. And if you guys have more questions about that, um, I can get you more info. You can email me at Caleb at betterwealthsolutions.com. Uh, a, a couple other things. I just, I think the big, the big, big thing is so many people want the quick fix. And I saw this in the, at the conference now, like someone wanted the quick answer. We, they, it was funny. We had a, a pitch competition and I got to hear how other people pitched infinite banking. And some of them were a little bit cringy if I'm being frank. Like it was like, oh man, like, um, yeah. Like, do you really say that? Or is it just because you were with your peers? Um, but, but in all reality, one, one of the things that I just want to end with is in life, in business, if you're in this industry, if you're wanting to, um, really take better wealth to the next level with your family in life, there's so many things that we can jump on. There's so many things that we can do and try to get the quick fix. And, and I've, I've seen it so, so much. And, and I just, this is this is the big takeaway that I have in my business and what I'm doing this year for myself is I just want to be patient with myself and continue to show up powerfully and consistently and not look for the quick fix, not look for the magic bullet, but to continue to have the discipline of saving money, thinking long term, capitalizing and doing and and really rethink my thinking constantly to not fall into the old patterns of thinking or or get into the um, get something for not for not working or or to get rich quick and 
And, and I know over time, if you have that mentality, if you're, if you're well capitalized, there's going to be opportunities that s- seek you out. And just the mindset of becoming your own banker over time is a powerful mindset because it puts control. And for those of you that know, like control is really important to me. It puts control at the forefront. If you can control the money supply in your life, so many things will get better and easier. And it's, it's just extremely powerful. So um, again, I just want to thank you guys so much for listening, for sharing. We have seen an uptick in our podcast and it's because of you uh, re- giving our um, podcast re- reviews and, and sharing it with your, with your peers. And so from the bottom of my heart, I thank you so much. We have a message that needs to get out to the world. And um, I'm just super, super, super grateful for um, all y'all. If, <laughs> uh, and, and I just really appreciate it. So uh, don't be a stranger. Reach out. Have a great rest of your week. Be well. Take care. And we'll talk with you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.